This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of I Want to Matter. Your life is too short and too precious to waste. Written and narrated by New York Times bestseller Kathy Lee Gifford. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurnsClan. Follow at your own risk. And joining me, as always, is the founder of The Witness, very extensive bio, the man, the myth, the legend, the two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, brother? Going pretty good, man. What's up, Kang? What's up, Kang? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Already started. Sometimes we gotta do something for the people, for the culture. Listen, y'all know the y'all know the expression, right? Everybody says this expression when they're talking about y'all know we was kings and queens. So then people flipped it and made it a joke. We was kings. We was kings. You know what? We are kings, though. Let's <laughs> let's keep it straight, okay? And Jamar and I were having a conversation, and we ha- I don't even know what he's going to say. I don't know who he's going to pick. But we want to have a fun episode and give flowers to black men who we consider to be Kangs. Now, when I say Kangs, I don't just mean that. Because he's saying Kang, not Kangs. Kang. <laughs> so this can be fictional people, fictional characters. This can be also real life people that we know. It can also be famous people. But what I mean is... Kind of like the people who get the respect, not just the people who are famous, right? You feel what I'm saying? Like, there are some people that are famous, but if they walked into the barbershop, they wouldn't get the same love mm. than they do kind of on the main yeah, stage. You know what I'm a, saying? That's a high like, bar right there. Yes. Kang. Yes. Right. Like, people you look at, you're like, yeah, that dude. They got swag. Yeah, it's not, but it's not just the swag. It's like the composure. It's the, it's the excellence. <clears throat> it's like the, the full mixture. Of what it means to be royalty, black man royalty. We was kings, mm. so we're gonna list four kings, okay? Four black men, fictional, literal, what have you, that, or even in our lives, it could be potentially that we believe are embodying this. This, these are our kings, okay? I'm I'm curious, Jamar. What you what you think about this? You think <laughs> Jamar looking like really? This is gonna be interesting because every time Tyler does this, just like cultural artifacts episode, he's got he's got the clip full. He's ready. He's ready to go. I'm trying to rack my brain, but this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. I think people will be surprised. Okay, Jamar, why don't you give us one here? Do you have any honorable mentions you want to list, or you just want to hop in and we can do honorable? Just mentions hop later? in. We got honorable mentions at the end. Okay, go ahead. Give us one. Let me get the easy one out the way first. Okay. Denzel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to get four each. So this is tell you, we're going to get four each. Okay. So, so Denzel is king. Okay. His resume is deep, 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 deep. Uh, Oscar winner, uh, one woman man, uh, guy who has worn the mantle of celebrity for decades and wears it well. And of course, Denzel has this, this, suaveness about him right name one of you know like people magazines most beautiful people in the world right and it's really interesting because he has crossover appeal right like he's a black man mm-hmm. who's a black mm-hmm. man and comfortable in his blackness but able to also have a very wide audience as well yes so i mean just like 
even that name, right? Like I was thinking if 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 is that his real name or did he change it like Jamie Foxx? <laughs> that I don't know. Somebody can look it up, but I feel like it's his real name, but it's one of those things where like like if you named your son Denzel, mm. that would be a heavy mantle to wear. <laughs> that one name is like yes. yeah, it's transformative. It it, it 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 carries with it a weight and a mystique and a culture because he has just come to embody this like smooth, tall, dark, handsome black man with incredible talent and just longevity. So it's just like mm. when you think of you know somebody who walks in the barber shop. Denzel oh, yeah. Watch in the barbershop? In, in every hood. Every hood. He good in any hood. Any hood. That's true. Yes. That is very true. Yes. What's your favorite Denzel movie? Oh, favorite. You know, some of his old ones. Um, uh, what's the one? Deja Vu. Oh, Deja Vu is very interesting. Yes. Uh, I was not expecting that. Deja yeah, Vu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first one that came to mind. Wow. Okay. That's really interesting. What about you? Oh, favorite Denzel yeah, movie? Yeah, favorite Denzel movie. Oh, man, I'm basic, man. Malcolm X. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm straightforward, man. I'm a straightforward. And then, you know, the one that I watch the most, probably, Malcolm X is one I'm starting to watch more and more, but the one I watch the most will probably be Great Debaters. Great Debaters is excellent. So he played like a Melvin Tolson. I think his name is Melvin Tolson. And and that's so Melvin Tolson is like a, a Kane character too, right? So Melvin Tolson is a guy who's training up the next generation of of Spartan debaters and also is organizing a revolution and you know so okay yes yes one of yes. the kang one of kang behaviors like okay. kang behavior we got to talk about this so kang, kang behavior, behavior hold kang, on let me go back real quick yes okay now that we talked about you asked me about denzel movies now a whole bunch are coming to mind okay, okay. go ahead another one i like is uh inside man oh bank, yeah inside man is a man. classic that is so classic okay inside man is really really dope eli the book of eli yes the book of eli is amazing that was pretty cool and adam then, keely says that's the best christian movie of all time Ah, very good. That's a, that's a, that's a good conversation to have. Um, and then and then I just love these this genre of movies. The first Equalizer. Yeah. Well, actually, I liked them both, man. I liked them both. I thought both of them were dope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we gotta talk about Kang behavior. Okay, so Kang behavior, and this is we just this is a a segment. Okay, we gotta say what is Kang behavior? Kang behavior. <laughs> Is that a specific characteristic that this particular person or character has, whether fictional or literal, that makes them admirable, right? And so if you want to talk about Kang behavior with Melvin Tolson, for example, one of Denzel Washington's characters, you would say is that he was being, he was unafraid, even though he was being targeted by the state. Mm. So the state was targeting him and he was like, whatever. And he kept doing what he was doing. He kept organizing. He kept showing up. And even after they arrested him, he still kept doing what he was doing. Uh, that's Kang behavior. We, okay. You see what I'm saying? Yep, so yep, that's yep. what that's what makes you admirable is you like, yeah, I mean, they're after me, but it's, it's whatever. It's whatever, man. <laughs> like they they take you and you get, you know, that's early 1900. You get lynched for that. You're yes. Like, well, yes. I'm, I'm fine. I'll be okay. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so, so who you got? Who you got? All right, let me let, we'll stay in the acting bag, okay? Okay. And unfortunately, this person just recently passed, but Michael K. Williams. Oh wow, you gotta go there. Kangs. Okay, yes, yes. And I think what makes Michael K. Williams so dope is you have this plethora of roles that he played from Omar Little in The Wire, 
uh, to Chalky White on Boardwalk Empire. So you could pick any one of those characters. It would be very interesting to kind of case study on those. But the range of characters that he played was very, very intense. So you had this really broad range of masculinity that uh, Michael K. Williams reflected. And I thought that that was really instructive and really powerful. But here's Kang behavior for me, from Michael K. Williams. Joy, bruh. Hmm. The joy. And I the feel joy, like that's not the first thing that comes to mind with the joy of, his characters. of Michael K. Williams is put on because see, here's what I didn't know. What I didn't know about Michael K. Williams is that I hope I'm getting this right, but he he was a background dancer yes. for Janet yes. Jackson. Yes. And and I remember seeing him and a bunch of other artists too, but I remember seeing him dancing in the street doing like some sort of African dance in the street and the amount of joy and like fully embodied humanity and masculinity and freedom. That's Kang behavior. He was, he was embracing his fully embodied self. In that's that that's dance. Kang behavior. Yes. Bro. Nah, Kang's like definitely. And also I think when you look at the actors and the and his coworkers and the people around him, I mean, bruh, they were all, they were all so effusive with praise mm, yeah. about his professionalism huh. and about the fact that he was extremely encouraging huh. and about the fact that he was intentional with his craft. Like, I love that. And didn't he get his facial scar trying to break up a fight? Like, he was trying I to do like something I feel like it was something good. like that. That is a great question. I feel like, yeah. yes, that's, that's true. Like, he was trying to intervene for good. Fam. <laughs> yeah. Kang's. Kang behavior. And I think every time I see him, I'm like, I sit back and I... And also very, very human, um, very troubled, very conflicted, very complicated, but at the same time did not allow that to affect his life. Like he continued to live and work and be at the top of his profession and gave his best effort. That's Kang behavior to me. Mm. So yeah, definitely Michael K. Williams for sure. Have you seen The Wire, Jamar? Bruh, you got to catch The Wire, man. You got to catch it. Go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. Why? It's it's perhaps, I think, it's definitely top three show of all time. I think universally. Because it was just so groundbreaking in its storytelling and also its characters. So you got Idris Elba, you got Wood Harris, you got obviously Michael K. Williams, you got a whole bunch of other actors. Michael B. Jordan was on the show as a kid. Got all kinds of actors there. But then you also have this really special mix of life in the drug game and also life from the perspective of the police and the the contradictions in both. Hmm. And it was really, really, I'm telling you, you got to just watch The Wire. Go back and watch it. It's worth it. It still holds up. Just do it. All right. That's my, that's my first Kang. The second Kang overall, first Kang, Kang behavior. All right, Jamar, back to you. Kang number two. Who's, who's Kang number two on your Mount Rushmore for? I'm going with the heavyweight. Uh-oh. Muhammad Ali. Kangs? Why not? Really? You want to talk about doing this thing in the face of all opposition and like, I'm cool? Hmm. So Ali comes out brash, telegenic, new, n- knows how to draw a crowd, knows how to create an event and, and build a brand and a mystique around himself and then follows through. Then hmm. follows through by becoming the heavyweight champ. In his early 20s, one of the youngest ever, and then has enough sort of self-consciousness and awareness to say, this whole white supremacy thing is a racket. Hmm. And 
I have enough confidence in myself to go my own route, to be driven by my values and to do my own thing. So much so, you know, he changes his name. Yes. Talks about, I'm not going over to Vietnam, refuses the draft. Yes. Misses his prime years of boxing. Yes. And then comes back and still is active. Still is a leader. Is a guy who inspires confidence in just by watching him. Here's my struggle with Ali, right? I agree. And is there is there perhaps a more distinctive sports figure ever? Right? In terms of personality, presence, power, probably not, right? And excellence too. Cuz let's make no mistake about this. Uh Muhammad Ali is the greatest heavyweight of all time. Oh. Now this is coming from a a, a like, boxing fan ma- like Tyler Follow. Let's boxing. make no Let's make no mistake about it. And I know people are going to be, you know, Joe Lewis or whoever. Um, it's it's Muhammad Ali. He's the greatest <laughs> heavyweight of all time. So he wasn't just talking a big game, but he was walking it out in a golden age and era of heavyweights. But here's a struggle for me with Muhammad Ali, which is not Kang behavior. is turning your back on a fellow Kang. So the whole Malcolm X situation with Muhammad yeah, Ali yeah, and Malcolm yeah, yeah. X... It's tough for me. Mm-hmm. And it's tough for me because I'm just like, that's Malcolm. And I get, I understand he was trying to toe the line, you know, Nation of Islam. And so that's what hurts me about it is, come on, Kang, stand by your other Kang. You know what I'm saying? Like, stand by him. So that's why I struggle. That's the only reason why I hesitate. Because of course, like, yes. And I think, and I think Ali was, Ali, Ali was really great on what he was great on. Mm-hmm. And Ali was also really strange on what he was not great on, right? So Ali did some strange stuff. And sometimes I look back, I'm like, mm, okay, I like you on this, and then I don't like you on that, right? But that's part of the complication, right? And that's part of Kang's, too. That actually makes him probably more eligible to be a Kang. Like, you still have posters of Ali up in black barbershops. Oh, 100%. Like, for sure. You know, Again, and, and, and here's the other thing for me. It's like he's doing this thing in the moment in the civil rights and black power era where it's highly risky. And he did it. All that confidence, all that bravado that he, he, he brought to the ring. Yes. He, he did it with the same amount of confidence on the racial consciousness stuff. Yes. And yes. he was one of those figures who, in an era where black people had been conditioned through violence and oppression and terrorism not to speak up, he's one of those people that made it okay to speak up. I agree. And that was just, it's just incredible. You can't deny that at all. You can't deny it. Who you got next? Hmm. Okay. It's getting tight now because I got, I got three more and I'm trying to pick right and well and give you a wide range of Kangs. I think I'm going to go Medgar Evers. Mm. And I'm going to go Mega Evers because I believe that Mega Evers represents the fearlessness in the face of injustice and also this very uh, daring sense that the system and daring sense of hope that the system can actually be changed. And the way in which he carried himself, that regal, confident, composed, strong, but but kind of quiet storm, which I love because that's you know that's what I try to be, right? That ferocity that he had, and also the ability for him to 
to really be so much of a threat to the system mm. and so much of a threat to others that they had to kill him. Like there was no, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They had to kill Meg Grabbers. To stop him, you had to kill him. That's Kang behavior. When you won't stop until the job is done, and also the fact that he came back from fighting in, in, you know, for the country and could actually draw a parallel and a line that says, I'm treated better over there than here. Right. I'm treated better, better in my uniform than, than not. And then even if I'm in my uniform, when I come back here, it, I'm not getting equal treatment. So what am I doing? What are we doing? And then if you look at all the obstacles that he faced at a young age, all the obstacles that he faced when he started activism. <laughs> yeah. Look, Kang behavior, man. Kang, do, do research on Mega Evers. Kang behavior. This guy dipping into the history bag. Well, yeah. Well, I, and I mean, I think if you look back, if you look back at, the type of people that get to shine in the love, you know, your your Dr. King, we recognize that, you know, Malcolm X, what have you. But somebody like Megger is often forgotten. But when he when he was killed, that is that was a significant moment. That was a significant moment when he was killed. And also to be killed in your own driveway. Come on, bro. Like the disregard. That's how bad they had to stop that man. That's how serious it was. And when you're applying pressure like that, Kang behavior, man. So I, I'll give it to Mega Evers. That's number two. Before we get into our our, our next, we got to take a break. And then we go come back and get two more Kangs. Hey, Jamar, you know, we have been doing Pass the Mic for about seven years now. That is, I don't know how many episodes, a lot. <laughs> millions of downloads, I yes. mean, so many sessions, and we still love doing this, right? We absolutely do. I am amazed at how much energy we have. I think it gets better, like fine wine over time as yes. we do it. And that's what we tell ourselves, yes. at least. <laughs> Touch and <man>, agree. <laughs> I want us to do this for another seven years. And to do this, we are needing the audience's help. Yes. We need your help as listeners to fund this incredible work here that we're doing at Pass the Mic. And they can do that through our Patreon community. Yes. Would you consider becoming a patron of Pass the Mic for just a dollar an episode? One dollar. You can support this work. Go to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic, M-I-C, patreon.com forward slash pass the mic and fund and fuel this work for the next seven years the next seven years the next 10 years who knows the next 50 years if the lord okay. should tarry <laughs> we are excited about We're gonna be holograms work. yes we will but you can fund it at patreon.com forward slash pass the mic thank you all so much for your help and support thank you You're going to notice maybe a pattern with mine that come from a similar era because as we look at Kang behavior, right? Kang. So Malcolm X. Okay. Malcolm X is an incredible figure. Obviously a really complex, difficult past. Yes. 100%. Coming from poverty, getting into a life of crime, going to prison, self educating hmm that is that is power that's kang behavior 
read the whole read the whole uh dictionary dictionary yep (laughs) but the thing is he didn't just like acquire information he was able to put it together and philosophize in such a way that it was like uplifting like that that level of self-discipline self-awareness is so rare so rare i mean people remember him as like a militant right and there's a lot we can say about that but I think what gets lost is his incredible intelligence and his incredible ability of recreation. Yes. Yes. And constantly well changing and adapting and trying to grow based on new knowledge, new experiences. So um that and his incredibly disciplined moral life. Hmm. What he hmm. tried to promote through the Nation of Islam, through his own behavior, didn't drink, didn't smoke, you know, try to impress upon the people who listened to him the importance of le- modeling a life that was um, somebody wanted to, to right. emulate. Right. You know? And that was very attractive. In terms of personal behavior. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, now there's a lot of issues with the nation of Islam, especially um, around patriarchy and, and so much, all yes, of that. So much. Um, so we're not getting into every single aspect. All of these people we're naming are, are, are complicated and in hindsight have some very, very problematic things going on, perhaps. So there's that, but his, his ability to stand in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And say precisely what the white establishment said you should never say. Right, right. To say black is beautiful. Yes. To say who told you to you hate yourself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who told you to hate yourself, right? Um and then even to go in terms of like reinvention and whatnot, even to go on the Hajj mm-hmm. and to get outside the US and to see people from different nations coming together, welcoming him as a brother in the religion, and then coming back and saying, you know what, it's not, there's there's something to this. Yes, yes. There's something to this. And not always staying where he was, not always staying static. And that might be the most sort of incredible legacy that he has is the hope that you can change. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a good pick. Of course, of course. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Kang behavior. I- I'll agree. Kang behavior. Kang behavior. All right, let me throw one at you. Here we go. See, <laughs> this is his Cheshire Cat smile. Nah, nah, now, nah. I think go. this was pretty straightforward. Kang's Jeremiah Wright. Oh, the people. The people not ready. You got to unpack that. Jeremiah Wright. Kang's. Okay, number one, let's establish this. Jeremiah Wright, Wright was right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever said that before, but we knew it. He was right. A hundred percent right. Um, Jeremiah Wright really pushed forward this idea, this mentality of being unashamedly Christian and unapologetically black. And so what he created with Trinity is actually a blueprint years ago. Imagine. So it's easy to create like an Afrocentric ministry right now. Hmm. It's not necessarily easy in terms of its popularity, but you'll find an audience because many people in our communities 
are looking for that and looking to embrace something that values our whole person. But back in the 70s, 80s, that's a little bit different. And it's a little bit different because what you're dealing with is kind of the shrinking back. We're just getting free, you're just getting, getting the, desegregated. The colorblind mentality. Yeah, the colorblind right? mentality, the racial reconciliation mentality, the promise keepers mentality, all that. You're getting all that and you're not getting the the true, like, yes, this is who we are and this is who we can be. Mm. And Jeremiah Wright flies in the face of that and still creates a church and builds a big church and a consistent church that is unashamedly Christian, yet unapologetically black. And here's Kang behavior for me for Jeremiah Wright, how he reproduced himself in others. Hmm. I think if you look at the, if you look at the legacy of someone like Otis Moss III, Otis Moss III is composed and gifted and brilliant and came up through the Trinity space and the Trinity pipeline. And he is Dr. Wright earlier than Dr. Wright was. <laughs> right? You see what I'm saying? Like, and so it's like, oh, that's Kang behavior that he's able to like reproduce himself mm-hmm. and establish a legacy to where mm-hmm. this is the standard. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're, when you're the person who's following you, when the person who is your protege can take it further than you, that's Kang behavior. Wow. Yeah. Because Great you point. set them up for success. Legacy. Yeah. Like you set them up for legacy. And also another Kang behavior characteristic with uh, Dr. Wright is his verbal acuity. I was going to say, you got to mention ab- it. The ability that he has to carry on a conversation, definitely. He, has, he didn't always do it well, especially under high, high scrutiny. But for the vast majority, it was rare that he didn't do it well. Mm. That he could navigate a conversation being a former military man. He could navigate a conversation being, a, being that veteran with other military people. He could navigate a conversation with the press. He could navigate a conversation in public. He could navigate all of that, right? And so I think that's Kang behavior. And also when history uh, proves you right. <laughs> and when time proves you right. To say something like, America's chickens have come home to roost. Mm. 2001. And then we see what happens in 2012 and 14 and 15 and then 2016. Which is funny. That's what got Malcolm X sat down by the NOI too. Isn't it something? Yeah. Isn't it something? Mm. <laughs> Kang's. Kang behavior for Dr. Wright. All right. You got, right. You got one more. Wow. T- oh, what? Well, you got a, what? You, you push it back? No, no, no. I was okay, like, I was that's, like, that's how, that's how to, okay. No, I was like, man, if we need to have a conversation, let's talk about it. <laughs> but no, that's good. Now, we have one more technically, so we'll see if we try to squeeze in two more or whatever. I but, definitely got some honorable mentions, but this last one on the official list is somebody most people will not have heard of, but in my view, is a living legend, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this man gets his flowers while he's in the land of the living and thereafter, because he's in his 90s. Okay. Uh, it is Dr. William Pinnell. Wow. Yes. Let me tell you about- That's so good, Jamar. Let me tell you about Bill Pinnell. So um, I stumbled across the existence of this man, and it's a travesty that I didn't know about him my entire life, when I was studying uh, Tom Skinner, a black evangelical who gave yep. this iconic speech at Urbana 70. So Bill Pinnell- I came across him in the stage of his life where he was working 
with Tom Skinner Associates and was essentially Skinner's right-hand man. Mm-hmm. But he has a much more, uh, much longer backstory and, and uh, much longer ministry. So um, he's, he's born in, the, in Michigan. He becomes a Christian through the witness of two white women. Wow. And this is back, so he's, he's born in the, what, late 20s, early 30s? Mm-hmm. So this is not a time when right, there's a right, lot of right. interracial interaction that's positive. And um, here's, the, here's what makes him Kang. Here's, the fir- here's, here's one of the first indications. 1968, he publishes a book through Zondervan, my publisher, mm-hmm. called My Friend the Enemy. Hmm. This hmm. book, it is... All of those books that we see now about black Christians right. telling white evangelicals the about for, the, the racism, that he was the forerunner, my friend, the enemy. So he's in these evangelical spaces, he's communicating with and collaborating with and working with, quote unquote, my friend, but then he's telling them in this book how they set themselves up as his enemy racially speaking. And mm. so it was, this is 1968. This wow. is in the black power movement. Wow. This is not, char- this is uncharted territory for the second half of the 20th century. So this comes out before Skinner's books come out. It comes out before uh, a lot of the other books that are much more well known. He was a forerunner and a pioneer. I had the privilege of writing a foreword, yes. a new introductory chapter for his book, um, which was uh, The Coming Race Wars, which was first issued in the wake of the um, L.A. uprisings after the Rodney King beating. And so they reissued mm. that just this year in 2021. Mm. And he's again giving this, the reason they reissued it, because what he said is so, remains so salient. You can even go back and read his 1968 book, My Friend the Enemy, and it's like, yep. Yep, right, yep, right. yep, yep. So there's all of that, but he has led this incredibly storied life. He's a man who has always been about and for black people, and he has somehow managed to continue to work with white evangelicals without selling out or burning out or getting pushed out. He's finishing mm-hmm. well. And so he was the first black trustee of Fuller Seminary. They soon thereafter hired him as a professor. He taught there for upwards of 40 years. And now they named um, their preaching center after him, William E. Wow. Pinnell uh, Center for African-American Preaching. And uh, he's still alive and he's a great friend. And he's one of these guys who is all about, like Jeremiah Wright, you said, legacy pouring mm-hmm. into others and mm-hmm. replicating. And I've just been so humbled by this man who, you know, I contacted him just like writing a paper and like, hey, right. can I talk to you? And he's been he super supportive of the witness. Super and, and supportive. Mic too. Golly, man. So just just one of my heroes. And just has a swag about him. So when yes, you hear yes. him talk, I love it because his voice is so distinct. The way he writes is the way he talks. And the way mm. he talks is just always like with a glint in his eye. It's wow. like with a verbal glint in his eye where there's this, you know, hint of mischief and sarcasm yes, yes. as well as joy and love and humility. So Kang. Kang, Dr. Pinnell. Yes. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, we down to the last one. This is hard, man. This is so hard because I feel like we have some great ones that we could pull on. Well, we can do honorable mention. Yeah, we definitely got to do but honorable mention. who's in mentions. the four? Who's in the top four? I think it has to be Chadwick, bro. It has to be Chadwick. I'm glad you named it. Yes. 
It has to be Chadwick. We would be remiss. It has to be him because, okay, so obviously Chadwick is a phenomenal actor. I personally believe he got robbed um, in the posthumous potential award of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm. I feel like that was the performance to award to him. It was his last opportunity. And I feel like he should have been rewarded for that because his his performance was absolutely unbelievable, just absolutely breathtaking. Um, but I think beyond that, the real life person mm-hmm. and also the way that the mythology grows over time, it seems like sometimes that can be really unhealthy. And we talked about that. But Chadwick, he really cared for his people and he offered up his life as a gift to us. Wow. You know, and it's one thing to, it's one thing to endure life and in, or enjoy life, thinking about what you can get from it, and it's another thing to go through life thinking about what you can give to it. And that's what Chadwick did. He gave to us, and he set the standard for us. And in many ways, he was one of the shining examples of this generation that it's possible for us to be excellent and black and mm. to be intentional with the roles that we choose mm. and everything. But I- I'll tell you the Kang behavior for me hmm. for Chadwick is the respect he gets from black women. Wow. Kang behavior. Very telling. Kang behavior. Very telling. So when he's uh, he's talking in, I believe it's a Sway interview or a Shade uh, 45 interview about how there was this one young man who really wanted to see Black Panther and he was he was having a conversation with this young black man, and this I think it was a young young kid, um, black kid, but it was a young kid for sure. And he was crying because the kid has cancer, mm. and he was trying to hold on to see the film. Mm. And he found out he had passed. Now he broke down in that moment, but what I what now you it hits different is knowing that Chad had yeah, cancer. Yeah, cancer. Yeah, you know, and so. Um, to see the way in which Denai Guerrera, I believe it was Denai Guerrera and Lupita Nyong'o, um, just comforted him, like and put their put their arms around him in that moment, it showed just the immense respect that they had for him, mm. and the immense way in which they revered his gift yeah. to the world, which was his life. And so, I think if we're going to truly be kings, we have to have the respect of the women around us. And the black women around us. If we don't have the respect of the black women around us, it's not Kang behavior. Mm-hmm. And so Chadwick is definitely that guy, man. I, I couldn't leave him off. the. There are some others, you know, there's some fictional characters we'll get into that I'm like, man, Kang's, you know. But um, no, nah, man, Chadwick is that dude. Yeah. And he was he was that person for so many of us. And I think his death is going to have ripple effects um, for generations as we reflect upon like what he meant to us and what he represented for us. And I think he gave so many young actors and young professionals and young black people in general, the blueprint. Mm -hmm. That's good. Kangs. Shout out. RIP. RIP. All right, man. So honorable mentions, let's get into them. Who you got for honorable mention? We'll go back and forth with some honorable mentions. So this one was, this one was uh, a, a, a little tricky depending on your sort of, uh, moral convictions, but Robert F. Williams. Oh, what? Well, wow. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Okay. He wrote a book called Negroes with Guns. Yes. 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 This was, he was a figure who represented 
arm, he called it armed self-reliance. Hmm. So in the face of really what is a caricature of nonviolence, nonviolent resistance, uh, he was an outspoken black man who said, mm, we're going to, re- we're going to resist physical threats to ourselves and our families right. with armed self-defense. Right. And to the extent, so he was in North Carolina. His heyday was in the 1950s and 60s, 40s, 50s and 60s, really was a veteran and all of that. And to the extent that he was an activist with the NAACP for a time, and he became a target, of course, of the Klan in his area. Mm-hmm. And they said they were going to go go get him. And he said, come get me. Mm-hmm. He got him and his other military vet friends to set up a perimeter around their neighborhood, hmm. military style, Oof. to where when the Klan came in, they were able to intimidate them right out of the block. Oof. He defended his house. I love it. And he just had, uh, I mean, he was he was brash and difficult to get along with and everything like that. But you can imagine the kind of personality it would take in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s to to stand up and say, yes. black people have every right to arm themselves in defense of black life. Yes. Um, and yes. so he was one of the inspirations for black power activists and, and the Black Panther Party and everything like that. Just a remarkable figure that that very few people know about. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. That's a good honorable mention. All right. my honor, One of my honorable mentions would be Kendrick Lamar. Hmm. I think Kendrick Lamar is gang behavior. Hmm. And I think it is because he's so excellent. He's so gifted. He is he is definitely a polarizing figure, but the way in which here's here's an example, right? So on the song DNA from the album Damn, he talks about he has this sample in, in the middle of the song. You know, so the refrain is um I got loyalty, uh got royalty inside my DNA. And so then in the middle, he's that, that little anthem is playing back and forth. And then he puts in this clip of, of Geraldo. He puts in this clip of Geraldo, um, talking about how hip hop is the thing that set the black community back more than racism and all this. And, and then he goes in, right? But the way in which it was done, it made me ask this question. Now, this may or may not be true, but it made me ask this question. Did he have to get the sample cleared? To like, did he have to get that clear to use Geraldo's voice? And if so, is he paying Geraldo? Oh, wow. <laughs> <to diss> him? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which he's probably not, but you have yes. to think about it like yeah. that. Like, you have to think about, like, you have, it, it's audacious to put, like, a Fox News clip mm-hmm. in the middle of your song. And I feel like Kendrick does those types of things, right? Kendrick does those, he has that type of, uh, persona personality and he's also comfortable with obscurity clearly because he steps away every few years you know yeah. so he releases the album then he disappears <laughs> and then comes back three four years later it's like oh okay yeah i think i've, I've got another he album was working yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or not right <laughs> I mean, you know which i appreciate i appreciate the dedication to the art and the craft so yeah kendrick lamar would definitely be one of my honorable mentions so this one is i had to throw in a historian Oh, no. Um, Albert J. Rabbitel. Oh, man. R.I.P., bro. Yeah, man. So he he, he recently Slave passed, religion. R.I.P. And uh, he was just a pioneer historian and scholar, particularly of black religion. And so he was at um, Princeton University. He died September 
2021, but really mm. is like one of the godfathers of modern black religious history. Yes. And it's a, again, one of those things where you can really tell a lot about a person after they pass and how people talk about them. Right. It was right. just massive outpouring, not only of like condolences or we'll really miss you, but of how he helped people along in their careers. Yes. Like how he was yes. open and accessible and cheered for people and used his platform as a distinguished statesperson in the guild to really help and elevate other people. And so, of course, he wrote incredible books, like you mentioned, Slave Religion, uh, the subtitle, classic, The classic. Invisible Institution in the Antebellum South. And that book was one of the key texts in talking about the origins of Black American religion, uh, its connection to African indigenous religions, yes, yes. and um, the, the, the subversive nature of Black religion in the face of white supremacy, which was invested in keeping black people from organizing and, and, and gathering. Um, but he's got, he's got, I mean, his whole canon of books, Canaan land, a religious history of African Americans. These mm. things are just a really good overviews and primers of black Christianity in particular, but black religion, um, in general, a sorrowful joy. Yes. Yes. A spiritual Classic. journey of an African American man in the late 20th century. So, anyway, it was Classic Kang. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible edition. Can I do some fictional characters? Of course. Frozone from The Incredibles. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about it. Kang. <laughs> Kang. You ain't never you ain't never seen a turtle nut neck that crispy. You have never <laughs> seen a turtle neck that crispy. Kang. Wow. Listen. Honey, where's my super suit? Don't play with him. Don't play with the man. Kang's He's married to ice Quang. cold. Hey, look, <laughs> the boy ice cold. Do not play with Frozone. Listen, Frozone, because you have to incorporate Samuel L. Jackson in here. Samuel L. Jackson's like right there on that go. line, right? Yeah. And so you have to incorporate Samuel L. Jackson somewhere in here. <laughs> and my favorite is when Samuel L. Jackson, they mistook him for Lawrence Fishburne and they were like, what is it like to play in the Matrix? He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Probably threw an F-bomb or six. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, yo, you got to include Frozone. And then I'll do a two-for-one because these are fictional characters. Young Kang. Miles Morales. Oh, nice. Young Very Kang. Good. Very good. Come on now. Yes. Miles Morales. Enough said. Code-switching Kang. Fully-embodied Kang. Brilliant. Multicultural Kang. Come on now. Miles Morales is setting, I think, he, he set, he changed, he changed so much for Spider-Man, for our culture, for our people. And yes, obviously everyone knows Spider-Man is primarily Peter Parker. We get it. But I'm just saying, I feel like the, introducing a new narrative for a character like Spider-Man, who's so beloved and who's so like a, a character of the people, like for the people, like everyday kid gets bit by a spider and then all of a sudden has these powers, these responsibilities. And that's what he says, right? With great power comes great responsibility, all these types of things. But for him to navigate losing his uncle and also interacting with a new team and taking risks and trying to strive to be out there and be the best person that he could possibly be while figuring out as a teenager, come on, Miles Morales is young K. 100%. Any others for you? What do you think of Don Cheadle? 
I knew you were going to say <laughs> Don Cheetah, will you just come on the podcast for Jamar's sake? I'll step out the way. Y'all hey, can have an interview. Know, hey, um, come on. This man has so much swagger. And he's funny. Did you see that latest clip with him and Kevin Hart? Where he's like, Yo. I don't think he was playing though. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He's that smooth. Nah, he's nah. That <laughs> he was salty. That boy was salty. <laughs> Kangs. But he rolled right into it, man. It was so hilarious. He's like, Yeah, I'm 56. Kevin's like, like, damn. <laughs> His facial expression. Then when you look at him in the Oceans movies, man, he just embodied this character created this whole character. He was great in the Oceans movie. Amazing, amazing. He was great in the, in the and, and he has a range, right? Like like playing from, from playing Miles Davis to uh, comedic characters. He he um, Hotel Rwanda, yes, you know, yes. and is a humanitarian. Yes. Like was was just uh, struck in his globe trotting travels as an actor at injustices and really dedicated himself to to speaking out about those things. Just a smooth dude, yeah. man. I, I think you're right on that one. Okay, I got I got three more that I'll mention in quick All right, succession. Just do it. Yeah, I'll do it. All right, Ryan Coogler. Oh man, nice. Kang. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, 100. percent Um, Young Kang, Damson Idris. Okay, Damson Idris plays Franklin Saint in Snowfall. Okay, the new Sydney Portier. Watch, watch, watch what I'm saying, baby Denzel. <laughs> um, and then I, I'll do a throwback for another preacher. G.E. Patterson. Oh, nice. Gilbert Earl Patterson, Kang. Kang behavior. Gilbert Earl Patterson, if I'm not mistaken, survived a sniper attack. Dang. Okay. So <laughs> I mean, that's automatic Kang status right there. <laughs> Kangs. Okay. Beyond being an incredible preacher, he survived a sniper right, attack. Right, right. If you survive a sniper attack, you a Kang. I don't know what else to tell you. So yeah, absolutely. Y'all, this has been fun. Who are your Kangs? And and we need to have some modern black man Kangs. Like some modern living Kangs in our circle. Who are the Kang Awards? Give a Kang Award to somebody on, on Twitter. K-A-N-G. Give a Kang Award to somebody. Everybody's going to be so confused because they're like, are you talking about what? Marvel's Kang? <laughs> Everybody's so confused. It's like some marketing scheme from right, Disney. Right, like, right. no, we're not sponsored by Disney. We're just trying to put our little spin I mean, on if it. If they wanted to throw some change. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll totally do that. Once upon a time in Wakanda, all we'll those types talk. of things, you know. <laughs> um, but yes, so give some Kang Awards so people tag them. Uh, respect and appreciate black men who are doing That's it the right way. This is about. That's what this is about. That's what it's about. I believe we must love and honor and care for one another and celebrate one another while we're here. Give the flowers while people can still smell them. That's what being Kangs is all about. You know who's a king? Huh. King. <laughs> Who? What? King from Loki. He has no idea what okay, you don't know what you but but look, y'all, if y'all watch Loki, you know who's a king? I had to come back to the mic to tell y'all. You know who's a king? King. King is a king. King is a king. You can't tell me the way he did that with the two Loki. That was too smooth. Too smooth. Kang. That wasn't is a even Kang. He wasn't even Kang. I know it's a mortis. He's but not even Kang, Kang yet. Kang. Oh, Kang is a Kang just because of Jonathan Majors. And they made Kang black too? No. You know who's a Kang? Kang. All right. That's enough. All right. That's it.